Let's talk about opposites, attraction, and distraction. It is common to make believe that one thing can exist without relation to another. And opposites are very much that sort of thing. All things that appear to be opposite are connected by common ground. The opposite extremes rely on each other. Good and bad, for instance, is an example. Good is based on bad. Good is less bad. Bad is less good. At the extreme, one seems to be exclusive to the other, but again, they're intimately connected in between by common ground, like a grade or a degree or a relationship, which is how relative things function. And seeing it accurately is beginning to see that the absolute nature of existence reveals itself even in what appears to be relative. So if good and bad and right and wrong and all of those things are relative to one another, then how we see them impacts our ability to function and utilize them and not appear to be a victim of them, as is often the case when people think they're only going to have positive thoughts. What they're really lacking is they're thinking negatively too much, and so they need to have just positive thoughts. And to ask the brain to do what it can't do is to ask for the experience of impossibility. And that, it, that experience is a correct assessment of what the brain is doing. When we feel life is impossible, we're blaming life for what we're doing in the thinking we're choosing to do that's impossible. So right and wrong, good, bad, up, down, in, out, all of those variations of things are all connected intimately one to another. And in the substructure, the subatomic structure of atoms, as an example, these things that can't be seen but are apparently the substance, something that Aristotle considered thousands of years ago as being a substructure, substance, something beneath the surface that didn't appear to be there and yet was the one of the fundamental building blocks of all that appears. So there's a big difference to things that don't appear to exist, that exist in relation to all that we see, than things that appear to be real and have no substance, which would be a lie. So lies, here's, here's how quickly a lie, the idea of thinking positive all the time is one way we can promote a lie. We can think that positive is separate from negative as, as an exclusive thing to do. And we can think, just like a New Year's resolution, that we're going to begin doing this thing to the exclusion of the other. And as a result, as we get better at doing that thing positively, any variation in a direction that isn't continuing to be positive feels very much negative and very much contemptful and very much like we failed in our purpose and we're wrong and we're bad and the inability that we have to just continue to maintain those positive thoughts. We just need to double down our efforts. And that's exactly what addiction is. Addiction is the idea that if I drink too much or I use drugs too much, just as an, as an example, which was a popular pursuit that I had and experienced and 
am witness to directly and personally. It didn't occur to me that perhaps the drinking and drugging was a problem. What I thought was I wasn't doing it in the right way. I wasn't doing enough of it. I wasn't doing it in the right combination. Or what I really needed to do was discover what it was that I was missing in the mix of what I was doing. And so what I did was more of what I was doing to think that the solution was in just continuing to continue to continue to do the wrong thing. So it's exactly what happens whenever we come up with any of these conclusions that are inaccurate and then make believe that they're true enough to rely on exclusively and set off these things that set ourselves up, basically. We have an expectation that they're going to resolve everything, and the expectation is quickly dashed because while they may work, they also take this new chronic effort. And the effort may be better than simply thinking wrong thoughts all the time, for instance, or negative thoughts all the time being morose and just basically wallowing in that. But essentially, if you're thinking positive thoughts all the time, you're also engaging with negative thoughts all the time and pretending you're not. Rather than just see that the two of them are operating simultaneously, and where we choose to be on that spectrum, that range between them, is a choice. One that we can stop choosing any moment, any moment. So what's interesting about opposites like in math, is that they're attractive. Why? Mathematics is a universal language. It describes this universe in a form that is a language that, when applied properly, produces results that can be relied on, predictable results that can be relied on. And the substructure, as I was mentioning, the subatomic substructure that Aristotle talked about thousands of years ago, well before there was any telescope, or, or magnifying uh, microscopes to actually see microscopic activities. He had a sense of it. I would say that might be a clear indication of a sense of knowing. Some He was looking and he was an investigator and a, somebody who contemplated things. And so he saw things because he looked. And I wouldn't say that's unique to him, but I would say he's exceptional among us to have bothered to look as well as he did, to see things that couldn't be seen at the time but ended up being proven very much to be part of a substructure that did exist. So within that substructure, there's protons, neutrons, and electrons. Now, I'm not going to crack the Botanica open and figure out which each one of them does, but I will suggest to you that they all play different roles, and yet inter-rely on each other intimately, intimately. What they do collectively, they do individually. What they do individually, they do collectively. So they're part of this same awareness that opposites, in fact, are the same thing, and they can be chosen to seem as though they're one or the other, and they can be focused on individually, but when they're focused on individually and thought to be individual, that's a big step when, in fact, they're interrelating to everything else that's going on. So the attractiveness of opposites is beginning to see that even in math, a minus times a minus is a positive. So if you want to think positive thoughts, think two negative thoughts. What is that? Having what you're doing. Begin to see that what you're rather than think you need to get away and oppose something, begin to have what you're doing. And if you're having negative thoughts and you're willing to have that you're having negative thoughts, you will positively observe what you're doing in a way that allows you to see you have freedom from it, rather than think that what you need to be doing is not what you're doing, and so what you think is happening shouldn't be happening, and all of a sudden you're in opposition to a world 
that seems to be condemning you because you've chosen to condemn yourself to an experience that's impossible to ever achieve. Obsessions are distractions. They're an attempt to make believe that if we don't look, if we ignore, which is the root of ignorance, if we don't look, it isn't there. And that is a game of peekaboo that kids played and might have been funny to them, but it's not that funny as your adult start to mature. And if ignorance is bliss, and it does provide some sense of relief, that sense of relief, just like a drink or a drug or some form of compulsive habit gives you an immediate sensation of relief, it does not resolve a long-term problem but continues to promote that problem. So if we create a blissful state in that distraction, if we're attracted to the distraction as being our goal and pretending that somehow this is basically the roots of denial and defensiveness and defiance and taking a position that's opposite to what's going on to pretend what's going on isn't happening. And when we're opposing nature, and what's actually happening, it's not ironic that we feel that we're being opposed by some greater source and force. Because we have underestimated the impact of what we're doing and made believe that all we're doing is just thinking positive thoughts. And I'm going to get better. And not recognizing that it's a setup. Just like expectations. If our expectation is always dashed in some way, we don't seem to get what we want on a regular enough basis, then it's the expectations we set for what should happen, rather than begin to expect that what does happen, we can always expect to have happen. And begin to recognize that if we are so numb to what we're doing, certainly we're not going to be very good predictors of what's happening outside of us, because we're acting as though what's happening now isn't even happening, much less being able enough and willing enough and sentient enough, sensitive enough in our awareness to begin to engage at a level that, by the way, we're always engaging in, but do it in a way where we begin to recognize that we are, in fact, doing what we're doing as what we want to be doing, what we're choosing to be doing, and as a result, whatever happens is exactly what we wanted to have happen. The only conflict is in thinking oh, I didn't expect this, it shouldn't have happened, I don't know how it happened. Well, if I set something in motion and something happens as a consequence, that's what, that's what my intention was. And if my intention is distracted from what I'm doing, I'm going to look at my intention as some strange thing that I can never seem to bring into my experience or bring into the world to share in some constructive manner when, in fact, what I'm ignoring again, distracting myself from, is that what happens is, in fact, what I intend. If what I do is immediate to what happens, then what I'm doing in relation to all else that's being done is, in fact, my intention. And what I'm realizing is my intention. In, a, in an infinite, absolute source, there are no sides to be taken. There are no fights. I suspect a neutron, 
which is the proton-neutron-electron combination of these swirling masses that make up an atom, that make up our bodies and pretty much all living forms and, and material forms, seemingly material forms. They make up the appearance of these life forms, literally life forms that we are projections of, are, I suspect, probably neutral and create the balance. In a car, you have a battery. The battery has a positive and negative. If all we wanted to be was positive, car wouldn't work. Car is based on a negative, and I'll mention the negative charge in a car and or electricity is the ground. And if we're struggling to be grounded and we're making believe we're only going to be one part of what's happening, we are attempting to make believe that we can be separate from all that is happening. And to have that sensation is to feel alone, feel disconnected, feel worthless, literally. And I would suggest those feelings are accurate assessments of the thinking we're doing. They're not accurate assessments of our state of being. They're not accurate assessments of who we are. They're simply accurate assessments of what we're deciding to do with what we're thinking, period. 